He's our Aussie correspondent, Chris Russell, based out of Sydney. Chris, I bet you you're thankful you didn't pay tens of thousands of dollars to go to France to support the Wallabies. Sorry, sorry about that. I have to address the elephant in the room. Yeah, well, I wish it was an elephant, but it wasn't an elephant. It was a bloody mouse. And, um, you know, we just, uh, we didn't deserve to win. Um, There's definitely going to be some heads to roll. But to be honest, I think I've got a little bit of sympathy with Hooper's view that it's not all about Eddie Jones. It's also about the rugby board, the ARU, their lack of support for grassroots rugby. Um, And there's a lot of things. And, of course, that's why they haven't got the cattle on the ground. If you don't have the cattle on the ground, you ain't going to get the the players. So we'll all move on. But, um, by gee, it was a pathetic game. You know, I was quite despondent. I've become a fanatical rugby league supporter now, Jamie. Well, the good news is, Chris, at least an Australian side's going to win the NRL. Hey, (laughs) we might come back to that one. Really interesting story. And this affects us here in New Zealand, especially when it comes to red meat prices. Uh, El Nino is here. We know it's here. You're going to have a very strong El Nino uh, in Australia. That means drought. That means destocking farms, culling sheep, a bit of a glut on the market. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, I think fairly late, the Bureau of Meteorology has confirmed that we are definitely in the grip of an El Nino. Now, the converse of that is, as usually happens, America is in the group of the opposite, and their cattle prices are going up. So where one opportunity shuts here, of course, there is a good opportunity for exporters. And I see that uh, J.B. Swift had just announced $70 million investment into more abattoir and killing capacity in Queensland so they can take advantage of getting more beef into the U.S. But certainly as far as Australia is concerned, people have learned from the last drought that the worst thing you can do is go in overstocked. So there's a lot of cattle and sheep dumping going on in the market. Um, and, uh, and for that reason, the prices have dropped. The abattoirs are fully booked. Um, and if you combine that in Western Australia with the fact that they're threatening to get rid of their live exports of sheep, which is where a lot of their uh, older mutton, of course, went, um, over there they're talking about uh, just getting bullet money, shooting the sheep and putting them in a hole. So, you know, it'll be short term, I hope, um, and uh, let's hope that it does turn around. And they have had three good years, but nonetheless, um, there's not a lot of smiles on faces at sale yards at the moment, Jamie. Hey, another really interesting story to touch on uh, briefly, and we might go into more depth perhaps next week, but it, it, it caught my interest, it piqued my interest, this new uh, climate smart rock. You're growing it, but you're not growing it in a rice paddy because, as we know, rice paddies are one of the biggest methane emitters in the world. Yes, that's exactly right. In fact, 10% of the uh, methane or of the total emissions in the world come from rice. 10% of the world's man-made emissions, methane emissions. So that's a massive amount. So up in uh, northern Australia, where they get over a thousand millimetres of rain in their wet season up there. They're able to grow rice and they developed a specific rice that grows without being in a flooded rice paddy, unlike along Murrumbidgee, which is where those irrigation areas are. And they've been very successful about this and they say it could make a significant uh, impact on emissions of this from up in Asia if they could actually export that rice. But in a really old law that was brought in to protect our fledgling rice industry many years ago, There is a ban on anyone exporting rice except sun rice on the MIA. So 
we're going to have to sort that law out to actually get that extended. But I can see Northern Territory becoming quite a big uh, producer of rice. Uh, and, uh, and in that case, it'll be rice that's going to have 85% less uh, methane emissions than the paddy grown rice we produce at the moment, Jamie. Now, Victorian Premier Dan Andrews has gone. You call him Chairman Dan due to his political leanings. You're no fan of his at all. It seems to me like he's left Victoria in a bit of a mess. He has totally left it in a mess. It, it just was released this week that um, uh, one of the things that he organised and could have contributed to the blown-out cost of the Commonwealth Games was the uh, deal he's obviously done with our biggest and uh, most militant union in Australia, the Construction, Forestry, Maritime, Mining and Energy Union, the CFMEU, where he required that all of the contracts that were let for the various buildings for the Commonwealth Games uh, had to be done in negotiation with that union and a couple of the other unions, the Electrical Union, the Plumbing Trades Union, which are also quite militant. And that's, they see, uh, suspect, has contributed to a blowout of over 50% in the building costs and, of course, eventually led to Chairman Dan dropping the whole project. So that's just one other death blow for him, which adds to his being the longest and most severe lockdowns in the world during COVID. Was that necessary? And so I think um, the hospital pass has been given. Uh, we will interesting to see how that's going to be able to be recovered by uh, the new Premier Jacinta. And we'll see how she goes. Well, that's Jacinta as opposed to Jacinda. We had one of those who locked us down as well. Hey, look, got to go. Uh, we'll, we'll go to your voice referendum next week, same day as our election here in New Zealand. And just give me a one-word answer, uh, Panthers or Broncos? Uh, heart says Broncos, head says Panthers. Yeah, Panthers all the way. See you later, Chris. We'll catch you next week. No worries.